Jeff Cameron Show at least for this week. Thanks for tuning to it. Happy Libations Friday, Lucy Goosey edition of the program. As always, it is our pleasure to be with you. Thanks for listening. I'm online. We're online. ESPNTallahassee.com. That's where you go to listen live via the streaming free. Always don't miss anything, but if you do go back, get caught up at your leisure band. That's fast. Woo! On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. Hello. YouTubers, not of the cap to you, kids. Uh, what are we What are we doing here? What's that? Look at that. Look at this leaderboard rounding into shape. All right. All right. Boy, it all began early this morning watching my man Colin Morikawa not having it. Going to go out here and get after it on a Friday, and it's a beautiful thing to watch uh, him swing a golf club, and he's a great kid. I talked about that earlier but he's he's just a great kid and a really fearless player so we're, we're getting this leaderboard where we want it to be now where you've got uh compelling figures and some of the best players in the world and uh when you think of the you know i gotta tell you i didn't want to lead with this at the five o'clock hour but i i'll say this i cannot believe the the staggering uh staggeringly impressive statistics of louis Ustazen, who by rights should have five or six majors, and I'm not even kidding about this, okay? That guy, did you see this stat? He's within 12 strokes of having five majors. He has the one. He has finished second at a major six times. I think I read I'm, – I'm going off of memory here from a couple days ago before the tournament started. But if I, if I remember this correctly, he's lost by one stroke in a major – he did earlier this year – the John Rahm. He lost to Rahm by a stroke because he birdied 18. He needed to eagle 18. But anyhow, the point would be I think that he's lost three different majors by one stroke. And then a few others by like two or three strokes. And, of course, he has the one win. But I, I think the stat is that he's within 12 strokes for his career of having won five or six majors. Which, if you think about this, puts him in the same category as Phil Mickelson. We would be talking about Louis Ustase in, in the same, because he's won a lot. Well, no, he hasn't won a lot. I'm sorry, he has not won a lot. Not in comparison to Phil. But if you've got six majors, first of all, you're a Hall of Famer instantly. Now, I, I would argue Louie probably will be anyhow. But, man, it's weird. They did a thing about how that does not eat at him, that he he doesn't look at it that way. He doesn't view it that way. On the one hand, you would argue that is extremely impressive. On the other, would would you look at that and say he's missing something? I don't like to get into the conversation unless it's abundantly clear that a guy can't close. There are players who have the game to put themselves in a position time and again to win major tournaments, to to collect a lot of wins over the course of their career. And then eventually you watch and they fade and you know why. You know they cannot close. The moment is too big for them. The game is all there, 
but something's lacking mentally. I always feel for those guys because to know deep down in your heart that you should have closed four, five, six, seven majors and just simply could not bring yourself to do it. You could, you know, you got there, you got to the well, you couldn't drink, you couldn't do it. It's got to hurt. It's got to hurt. And all you can do is continue to put yourself in a position. I think for a lot of guys like that, if they end up with multiple majors, it's if they get big leads and they don't have to worry about it. Or if they win on a day where they are kind of out of contention and they go out early and shoot a 63 and then go to the clubhouse and somehow the you know the weather changes and guys back up and they posted a number and they got to win. But having to go and get it on 18, having to go and make that happen, that that doesn't, you know, a lot of guys can't always do that. But you feel like once you've done it once, the floodgates will open. And he has done it. And yet you just don't ever feel like he's going to win. You never feel like that's going to – I hate it for him because he's an awesome guy. He finished second at the 2012 Masters, lost on a playoff. In a playoff. That one hurt him. That one hurt him bad. He finished T2 uh-huh. at the U.S. and Open Championship in 2015, lost on a playoff, mm. both of them. Mm. He finished tied for second at the 2017 PGA – he lost by two to Justin Thomas. That's what I'm saying. That's all. I mean, even if you take two more, just give him two more. Now we're talking about about a guy who's always in contention because that swing, by the way, absolute art. It is a thing of free-flowing beauty. That's how I want to swing a golf club. I don't have that tempo in my wildest dreams. It is just gorgeous. It doesn't even look like he's trying. It's Fred Couples-like. It's just, oh, there we go. There's a little one-two for that ass. All right, let's go find it. Oh, look at that. It's right down the middle. He just can't putt, typically. But he's having a day today, and he had a day today, and that's um, we'll see. But this is this is kind of shaping up. There's some weird names in there, always is in the British Open, but then some guys are charging, and that includes Florida State's own Brooks Kepka, who shot a 66 today. Dustin Johnson, uh, last I checked, was playing well. i got to double-check where he's at. I know Paul Casey played well today, shot a 67, um, is five under. So you got to get into that spot where you're somewhere in the general vicinity of, um, say, eight strokes of the lead, within eight strokes of the lead. I guess I'd count that many people in it. Because clearly – the ability to go low is out there today. Uh, Colin Morikawa shot a 64. Several guys shot 66 or 64 or 67. Well, actually, Agrio shot 64 today. So those are out there. The, the the lower numbers are out there. A lot of 66, 67, 68, 66, 67. I'm looking at it. So this is going to be a fun weekend, man. What a fun weekend. Sorry, I got sidetracked. I was just sitting here thinking again about what it is uh, to be Louis Oosters. You know, he bought a bunch of land in Ocala. He bought huge amounts of farmland in Ocala. I've told you my story when I was in Ocala and I ran into John Travolta. Travolta? He lives in Ocala. He's got a house in Ocala. He's a pilot. He flies out of there and also he's got a horse farm or something. The locals will tell you they see him all the time, I guess, when he's when he's there. I ran into him at a gas station. He was not wearing his wig. He was bald as it gets. And uh, I, he, yeah, I was like, oh, that's John Travolta. We didn't talk. I didn't have time. 
But I think it would be. I think I'd be more excited to run into Louis Ustase. And my question to you is that if somebody in Ocala runs into Louis Ustase at like the, uh, the the Busy Bee or something like somewhere near there, right? And would they even know who that is? He's the most unassuming, non-famous looking, like average, dopey kind of frumpy looking guy you've ever seen. I bet people won't even know. Louis just walk around and nobody nobody would bother him. I could swing a golf club like that. I want to. I'll put it on loop. Just put it on loop over and over again. Just watch this guy do that over and over and over again. All right. Yesterday, after the uh, the show, I got a tweet. Now I want you guys to know I did my due diligence. I did the right thing. This is who I am. I'll come through for you. You guys on Twitter reached out to me, knowing that I am a foremost expert in this realm, and that is whether or not. Somebody is living a lie. Whether or not somebody has decided to go down the dark path of getting a wig. It's come up a lot lately because of the man I encountered at the doctor's office. The picture I posted. I remain vigilant in vetting this. and Some guys do have hair that, uh, for whatever reason, looks as if it was snapped on, but isn't. Is, is there real hair? Others... Have guys uh, have have hair that um, you wouldn't believe to be a wig, but is. So you got to do your due diligence. Now, for years, the poster child for a guy who is sporting a wig and cares not what you think and doesn't care to really refine it and make it look all that realistic is Carl Ravitch, famously host of Baseball Tonight on ESPN. Just recently hosted the Home Run Derby. And every time you get a good look at Carl Ravitch, you go, look at my man. All these years later, just doesn't care that you know and I know and that we all know that thing is not real hair. Doesn't look like real hair. Doesn't have a hairline to speak of. Sometimes hovers a little bit in the back. But I think... We may be on to something that's uh, pretty interesting and and something to look at very, very closely. And it was brought to my attention yesterday after Chris Benini tweeted out that Mike Gundy, the head coach at Oklahoma State, who often says a lot of stupid things, um, was no longer sporting a mullet. Big 12 media days are underway, and uh, he's not sporting a mullet. And he tweeted out a picture, a profile, and then beyond that it said, weirdly, it looks unusual. Ingram tweeted at me. You know Ingram Smith. He uh, co-hosts the uh, Nolcast with Bud Elliott. He reached out to me and said uh, at Jay Cameron Show, is that what I think it is? And I, while I was during the show, hosting the show, could not really dive in uh, to this, but did look closely at just the initial photo and tweeted back, oh my, the investigation shall begin at 6 p.m. Now, it did, but it really began in earnest this morning. Caleb tweeted, my first thought as well, but now that Jeff is on the case, we'll get to the truth. I like that I've become that guy for you guys. That when in doubt, send me the evidence and I'll begin our quest to get to the bottom of this misshapen hairpiece and or oddity of real hair. I don't know, right? Guys, it's not just the mullet 
that draws your attention or the lack thereof and screams, hmm, something's amiss, what you have to do when you're getting down to it. And Gundy arrived at Media Day for the Big 12 Media Days yesterday. The signature Arkansas waterfall flowing from the back of his head no longer there. The mullet was no more. He told Sirius XM Radio, it should grow back. I went in about a month ago and told Kathy, she's cut my hair for almost 20 years, just cut it so I don't have to cut it until the season is over. Told his boys when he got home that he wanted to change it up a bit. Didn't want to have to continue trimming the party in the back. Time spent maintaining it wasn't worth it. Quote, I've got a lot of things going on. Let's cut my hair to where we don't have to do it until the season's over. So here's where it gets into the meat and potatoes of all this, guys. This has become a fun story, okay? I take on your request to investigate, and I take it seriously. And here's what I have figured out. We may not come to a 100% conclusion on this today. I may take the weekend. I may, on Monday, along with announcing my next step career-wise, have an answer for you in addition to that. It could be a big Monday show. But I would tell you this. I see you, Mike Gundy. You know what Mike Gundy's doing? It's a little bit like the guy that needs the alibi the guy that is planning on offing his wife but ensures that a phone call is made at a time that is convenient for him when phone records are checked. Oh, it couldn't have been him. He was on the phone with Walter at 9.52, around the time we think the murder occurred. He was 10 miles away on the phone. Mm -hmm. Say a little louder. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So, Mike Gundy's telling you that he went to his barber. Nice move, Mike. He's telling you he got tired of trimming his hair. That it was too much maintenance during the season to have to worry about constantly having it cut, trimmed up. Mm-hmm. Is it, Mike? Your hair grows that fast, does it? You got to trim it up, do you? Get your hair cut from the same barber for 25 years. That's right, Mike. Is that true? She'll vouch for you, I bet, if we go to visit her, that you've gone in to see her for 25 years and she's still cutting your hair, right, Mike? Not just the back either. Mm-hmm. I like your effort, Mike, but I see through it. I've been through this. You see, one Tom Brady and his hairstyle changes frequently. Some would say very frequently. It grows at an alarming rate and then suddenly is short and spiky and then long again. Magically. The trick when you are, in fact, living the lie, embracing the weave, or the all-out snap-on wig is to let others believe that you're in need of a haircut. That, in fact, you may have to go see your Stylist, your barber, you may have to head to the salon. All this hair is overwhelming. I need to get it cut. I want to change it up a little bit. I'm stylistic. So as that none of us think, wait a minute, you don't have hair. I'm on to you, Mike Gundy. And I went and shopped the internet this morning to look at pictures from Big 12 Media Day. I needed more than just the side. And I found one in a story written by Kyle Boone. 
Kyle Boone, I think, writes for, what is this? This is some sort of Oklahoma State football site. Pistols firing or some nonsense. Uh, And I saw a picture uh, of him speaking to two reporters head-on. You get the head-on look. And I'm here to tell you that from a distance, at least right now, this looks like it is lacking a hairline up front. I think we're all going to come to the same conclusion here. It seems like an open and shut case. Mike Gundy, Mike Gundy, you, sir, you, sir, are not, in fact, in any way sporting real hair. This has been nonsense, and I want to know for how long. See, the, the mullet was what was utilized to throw you off the track, and it worked. I got to give him credit. I never noticed the rest of that hair piece because I thought, well, the mullet, you know, he's growing that out. That's a style. He'd wear a hat, and then you'd see the mullet, and you'd go, okay. The distraction was genius, but now we're on to you. It backfired. Getting it cut drew attention to the rest of that hairpiece, that helmet on your head. That's what happened. That's a what a terrible misstep for a man who had deceived so well for so long. Add him to the list, gang. Until I can prove otherwise, add him to the list. The Jeff Cameron Show, 97.9 ESPN Radio. And she could hear the highway After losing a bet, you have to pick between the following. Give a detailed presentation to Nick Saban on the benefits of Jeff Bowden's rainbow offense or to teach Jimbo a foreign language. (laughs) Oh, thanks, John. That's rich. That's good. That was fun to read. Uh, Yeah, we're going to go with uh, teaching Jimbo a foreign language. Although, he probably, I mean, he speaks a mile a minute. It's not that he's dumb. He's not dumb. He's just quirky and... I'd go the opposite way. You're going to be there forever with Jimbo. Yeah. The saving thing, you just get up there and you're, you're done with it. And he's laughing at you. Yeah. I really don't like either choice. Uh, the the, uh, the detailed presentation is short. So maybe you're right. That's ain't that many details. You're in it for the long haul if you're trying to teach Jimbo. The language. Yeah. English. <laughs> we always would laugh. We'd read the transcripts and, you know, people have to kind of, Make a decision to clean things up. There's so many non sequiturs in a Jimbo press conference. There's so many moments where you go, what the hell? You know, it actually became an art form. And that is the beauty. I will say this. When Mike gets talking really fast, sometimes you kind of be like, oh, okay, I, oh, yeah, I follow you here. All right, that relates to that. You haven't said anything about that in five minutes, but that's what you're ref- – okay, I got it. Actually, it's interesting. You know, that's fascinating to me. So I was reading during the break, you know – Let's get to this for a second because I was gonna I was gonna bring in this up at some point today. Um, 
they have uh, the 2022 college football recruiting class rankings on ESPN, and they do the ESPN Insider. It's Craig Hobbert. I don't normally, I don't care really what ESPN does with recruiting. It's not anything compared to what you see with with rivals and two four seven. But but I went to it just because I wanted to see where they had Florida State, and they had you know predictably they added Ohio State and uh, Alabama up there and LSU and uh, Penn State's there and Michigan, actually Notre Dame surprisingly. But uh, I was going through this, and they had Florida State at nine, and I just wanted to read this. The Seminoles have had struggles at quarterback in recent years, but Mike Norvell has recruited his passer for the 2022 cycle in Duffy, a coach's kid who will arrive in Tallahassee from IMG Academy. He will bring good accuracy, um, but strong instincts come in hand, uh, ready to compete for playing time immediately. The Knowles have landed one of the top defensive prospects in this class and hunter possesses an excellent blend of speed quickness length and toughness the addition of number one athlete sam mccall who's an explosive player can be sideline to sideline presence can give the Knowles two big time playmakers in their secondary anyhow so i read all of that just because i like feeling good about where we're going damn it in the world of recruiting and i just got done lauding and i talked about it some again today what mike norvell has been able to accomplish and in spite of what he inherited and what the record was a year ago in year one, which is really kind of this to me is really year one, but it's not like we can't count what happened last year. We just have to understand the circumstances uh, for which that record was produced. But uh, I thought about something, and I think it might have to do with confidence. We talk about Jimbo's over-the-top speed-talking <laughs> press conferences that were hard to kind of – like I said, a lot of non sequiturs, unfinished thoughts, just left out there in in into the ether. And if you were transcribing that, you had to make a decision: Do I write this as it was said, because anybody reads this will have no idea what he's talking about, or do I, over time, figure out exactly you know his pattern of speech and understand that he's trying to say this, and when he circles back and talks about this, I'll put them together for him. I'll I'll let people know, well, this was related to something said seven minutes ago, but here's the complete thought if I married the two. And then in the middle there, he got sidetracked with society. So then, you know, I understand I'll take the comments about society and I'll move them over here. They'll be their separate thing. And it'll be as if he completed his thoughts here and that in order it looked like this? Or did you just say, screw it, I'm going to throw it out there and let the people figure it out and laugh? Now, Mike Norvell is not anything close to that, but he does have a habit, and I've said this before, of speaking way too quickly, and that is usually born out of a lot of enthusiasm. But also, in addition to that, sometimes, sometimes he doesn't want to have the conversation that you're asking him to have. And I don't mean that as in he's being elusive or diverting your attention or covering something up. It's that, you know, listen, this is part of the gig. He just came off the field at practice. He's ready to be done, and he's not a lot to tell you, so he just kind of throws around some cliches and does so in rapid-fire succession. I've noticed something lately, though, and I'm really looking forward to, to hearing from him and talking with him again soon because as he's been able to put his touches on this program and his – blueprint and his fingerprint I should say on this program and he feels like he's now steering it in the way that he wants it to go of course they're nowhere near where they need to be and he 
frequently references the amount of work still to be done, and that's smart, by the way. You don't want it to overpromise and under underdeliver, as I've mentioned many times before. Um, managing expectations, being a realist, being somewhat, you know, again pragmatic, um, is important. You know, it, it, it means that fans aren't delusional when they step into that stadium to watch that game against Notre Dame or anticipate this season. They're not walking in there thinking or having been promised something absurd like 10 wins. So you got to manage that. you got to massage that and handle that. But the only observation that I'll make in terms of speaking patterns and how it relates to confidence, because he's been able to do a good job of changing this roster, flipping this roster a little bit, and because he's had a full offseason, because he had those players during the spring out to his house where they got together and celebrated their efforts together in spring and that he got to address the football team at his home and talk about how much their commitment means to him and how committed he is to them. And because I got to witness that, and tell you that the reaction of those players was real, was authentic, and it was one of appreciation for him, his staff, and the work that they were doing that's necessary. Because all of that helps establish a direction and a belief in one another and guys pulling in the same direction, I think he's confident that they're going in the right direction, that they're both recruiting and succeeding, at least in terms of the work, on a day-to-day basis. They're moving in the right direction. He's slowed down. He's not talking a mile a minute right now. When you really look at it, I mean, he's always going to talk fast because he's an energetic guy. I talk fast. Lots of people talk fast. That's fine. But there's a difference between talking fast and not making a whole lot of sense as you speed race through this because you're distracted and you can't get focused because of all these other things that you want to be doing. And I think that speed came from not only his normal speaking pattern, but also the realization in his brain at all times that something else must get done and that there's not enough hours in the day. It should have been done yesterday, but it hasn't because I have all these other damn things to do. And so I am wasting my time, even though I know this is necessary, talking to you, answering questions to you about this player or that player or how practice went today. And I know I need to be contacting this guy and this guy and this guy, and we've got to prepare for this, 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 and this. And last year we weren't. And how are we going to get this done? My God, tomorrow's another practice. Let's go. And it was just boom, 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 rapid fire, rapid fire. But I think they accomplished what they wanted to accomplish to a large degree in the spring. Then they had these, you know, these, these weekends in which they hosted Elite-level players, um, I think overwhelmingly those were given uh, their due uh, diligence in terms of work and preparation, but also they were lauded by the players and their families. So those were celebrated and successful visits, and thus you see this top 10 ranking in terms of the class. I think they're number six right now um, in, in, in areas that you would care, uh, sites that rank them. Um they're in a good place. Now Now you just got to secure that, right? And when the season will largely help dictate that. I, if you go out there and fall on your face, then you know, some of those kids that have said yes will say no, even though they, a lot of them seem unwavering. But he has slowed down. That speech pattern has slowed down. And what I read into that is that he feels good. He feels very good and, and confident in addressing whatever you want to talk about because he thinks he's got it 
moving in the right direction, thinks he has it uh, at a place where he can be comfortable. Um, not 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 satisfied. Not oh okay everything is right and we're going to be fine. But you know again when you are going down the right path when you are organized and prepared. Really, you're not afraid to do it. This job is that way. Your job is that way out there. If you have a project or whatever it is you're working on, if you did your due diligence, if you put in the work, if your team's doing what you've asked of them, if you're part of that and you understand your role and you're confidently moving forward with it, if I come in here and I've done a requisite amount of reading and show prepping and outlining before I get in here and turn on the mic, I feel very confident that I'm going to be able to put together a three-hour show that's worth your time and will be entertaining. I don't have to adhere to every word of it, but I know generally the gist of where we're headed. And that enables you to go forward with confidence. And I, I think that's why he slowed down. Just a side note, I just thought about that. We were talking about that. It was an interesting question. Jeff Cameron, show 97.9 ESPN Radio. Hope you're feeling good about that. All right, all right. You know what I did? I got it done yesterday, kids. Got home from the show, and before the rains came, I mowed the front and back lawns. It's in the it's in the bank. I've done it. It's money in the bank. I'm done. I got nothing. Maybe a little edging. Yeah, exciting life. Maybe a little edging to do this weekend. That's about it. Save myself the mow. Forget about it. That's big. You know, since I was 10 years old, and I'm now 50, I have appreciated the beauty of a well-shorn lawn. Seeing, seeing mowed grass as we take a step back and look big picture, I do the thing that we make fun of with dads. I am that dad. I was a 10 the difference being that I wasn't a dad at 10. That would have been disturbing. But I I do the thing where I finish and I, I try to get as far away from the finished product as possible. Go out onto the main road even that goes past my house. Stand back almost in my neighbor's driveway to gaze upon the beauty of a well-mown mowed lawn. And then to take in the, the smell of fresh-cut grass, which is still the best Yankee candle there is. Is that a dad thing? Is the mowed grass a dad thing? Because I had that feeling uh, Wednesday. When you, because yeah. the person I rent, um, yeah. the place I yeah. live at from, he takes care of the, the lawn maintenance. So it's just randomly when I come home. And you saw I'm it. I'm like, all right. Yeah, it's a good feeling. All right. I bet you wish. That's the one downside of renting. I bet you wish you could mow your lawn. Yeah, you want to do it. 
there's, there's, there's a need in all of us as men to mow a lawn. Hey, now. And I'm just telling you, I just, I, I sit back and I go, oh, look at that. Would you look at that? And I say all the things, all the ridiculous things. Boy, really, that is, that's well done. Look at the, look at the, look at the, look at the lines there. It's like there's a rhythm to it, you know? No herky-jerky, no zigzag, none of that nonsense. We've got it. It's all, it's up one way, down the other here, back up. It looks like we're on, we're standing on the diamond. You know, I've got, now I want to get, I want to take it to the next level. I want to get one of those weighted mat things where I mow and I could actually do some sort of star-studded design in my lawn. Nothing crazy. I don't want to be over the top. It would just be the Pirates logo. <laughs> yeah, but I, I did it yesterday. And I'll tell you another aspect that I like. When you finish mowing a lawn, one of the great things is afterwards, if you have dogs, and I have two, if you have dogs letting them out, they get so excited. They're like little kids. They join the enthusiasm that you have. They share it. They go out there, and they're looking at you like, good job, Dad. That's what you do. Good work. Good work. This didn't smell great. This is great. I'm going to run around. I'm going to run around here for a little bit. I'm going to pee on this grass. It feels, feels like I should pee on this grass. You go ahead and pee on that grass. I'll join you. I'll pee on the grass with you, dogs. Let's go. Let's all pee on the grass. Howdy, neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. And then, God forbid, you do what I did yesterday. You mow the lawn. You let the dogs out so they can run around and share in your uh, appreciation. And then afterwards, you walk back in. You get your keys. You drive up to the local seafood market. You pick you up some fish and some shrimp. I also picked up some asparagus while I was out, brought it back, fired up the grill next to the freshly shorn grass, so I've got the smell of fresh cut grass coupled with the grill. I may have popped a cold beer in that moment because I was catching up on the British Open in the background on my 83-inch television. So it's like, does, does it get better than this? It's a little bit of Field of Dreams. Is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. That was me yesterday on the back porch. Just sort of a, I do have a beer in my hand. It is cold. It is local. It is tasty. That is a massive television that I am looking at through my Florida room window. This grill is operating very efficiently. That grass is cut. These two dogs are very loving. This is a good day. This is a good day. So I just thought you should know that. Because now you go home on a Friday, and there's nothing really to do but enjoy yourself. Maybe walk in, turn the air down low, kick on a fan, crank up the music a little bit. Let's start the weekend. But in order to do it, why don't we get to some probables? Cue it up, sir. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, probables? What's the deal with the TBD on your Phillies, uh, Marlins Phillies today? They got no real time. What do we? Yeah, we had a. I, I think there's an issue with the scheduling of a doubleheader. I think it's four and seven. But uh, yeah, you got a four oh five, so the other one's to be determined. That yeah. makes sense. Okay, I see. What's going on? A little doubleheader for you. What a good Friday. Because that first game's being played right now. We'll get off in time for you to see the end, and then you settle in for the next game. Mets, Pirates, my Buckos split a four-game set up in New York. Mets fans were all over me on Twitter, and then we just bounced back and won the, the next two and told them to suck it. That's not um, – that's shortly after uh, almost sweeping the Braves. That is, cr- that is true, yeah. 
Pirates aren't any good at all. But for whatever reason, they have risen up to play pretty well against some of the decent teams out there as of late. Probably won't tonight. I don't like this matchup. Not a good matchup for the Buckos tonight in Pittsburgh. Beautiful PNC Park. Oh, man. Overlooking. The Allegheny, the Monongahela, the Ohio Rivers. Oh, buddy. Walking across the Clemente Bridge. Get you, get you a tasty beverage behind home plate. Overlook the skyline of the city and watch the Pirates rise up to beat the Mets, perhaps. 705 first pitch. Marcus Stroman on the hill for the Metropolitans. Chad Cool for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Padres, Nats, Chris Paddock, Eric Feedy. Red Sox, Yankees, yeah, they're going to play it. Yankees are COVID-ridden because their players are morons and don't believe in science. Rangers, Blue Jays, Jordan Lyles, Robbie Ray. Brewers, Reds, Adrian Hauser, Tyler Mahal. Twins, Tigers, Kentameda, and to be determined. Rays, Braves, we'll have that game for you right here on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Michael Waka. Got a pitch for the Rays. The Braves will throw Charlie Morton. Still out here whooping ass. Charlie Morton's going to pitch till he's 50 and be good. He's 8-3 and three with a 3-5. Man, I mean, my guy, 114 strikeouts. Just go ahead. Do your thing, Charlie. He's in Pittsburgh forever. Wasn't that great? Of course he wasn't. Orioles, Royals. He didn't suck in Pittsburgh. Don't get me wrong. Keegan Aiken, TBD for the Royals. A lot of TBDs out there. People don't know what the hell they're doing. Astros, White Sox, Lance McCullers Jr., and TBD. You had the entire All-Star break. What are we What are we doing? Guys, it's game day. Jesus, it is. Who do we pitch? Giants, Cardinals, Kevin Gosman, Adam Wainwright, Dodgers, Rockies. At least these teams kind of know who the hell they're throwing. Julio Urias. Urias is good. Is really good. I, he's been good for a while, man. I like watching his stuff, too. Antonio Centinella going to go for the Rockies. We've got uh, the Mariners and the Angels. Chris Flexen, great name. Good pitcher. Andrew Haney going for the uh, Angels. Not a good pitcher. Cubs, D-backs, Kyle Hendricks and Madison Bumgarner. Indians, A's, Eli Morgan. Sounds like uh, an insurance agent. Eli Morgan of Morgan and Morgan. Right. Well, that'd be an attorney. Yeah, I feel like Eli Morgan. You're gonna. Well, I, I'll meet you at seven. I gotta swing by Eli Morgan's office. I gotta clear something up. A's Chris Bassett, and that's a look at those that shall reside out of the bump. Should note those probables were brought to you by our friends at North Florida Payroll Services. North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com. All right, all right. Hey, saw Nomadland last weekend, buddy. Got any movie suggestions for me this week? Anything? I saw Nomadland. I liked it. It was fine. I haven't seen a movie in a while. You had a, while. You had a kid. Once you have a kid, that's it. Movies go out the out the window. Well, actually, one of two things happens when you have a kid, let alone multiple kids. Either you just stop going to movies because that's not something you can spend your time on. Your time is accounted for. You don't have two hours, two and a half hours at any point to yourself to watch a movie. And if you do, you're exhausted. 
So you just like, I, I won't be in the right mood for this. Like you got to lock in if you're watching a serious film that doesn't have, um, you know, it's not mindless action. It's not a stupid superhero movie, but like you actually have character development and real dialogue and things that matter. So if you're going to sit and do that, you got to have your wits about you. You got to have some energy to focus. And actually, I lied. I watched a couple years too late, but Knives, Knives Out. On oh, your that's suggestion. a great movie. Yeah. That's a great movie. Yeah. Okay, good. You saw that one. And it was a good one. You loved it. It was very it's good. It's worth yes. seeing twice. It's worth seeing again. We loved it too. We watched it as a family. But one of two things happens. Either you watch no movies or you watch all the movies. Because you're home a lot and you're not out and about anymore. You got the kid. You might as well. They're in bed. All right. Screw it. Throw on a movie. I'll, I'll figure something out. Good work out of you, sir, as always. Thanks to all of you who listened. I hope you guys have a great week. And don't forget, on Monday, I will be revealing the future plans of the Jeff Cameron Show. I will be on the air. I'm not going to make you wait. It's not some dramatic tease. Monday, on the air, I will uh, talk to you about what's happening with the Jeff Cameron Show. Um, I'm excited to have this conversation. I really appreciate that a lot of you have been reaching out and asking the question. It's nice to know that people care. It's nice to know that people want to know where they can find your work. And on Monday, I will tell everybody where that is and how that's going to work. And, and my enthusiasm for that announcement is uh, over the moon. I'm really, really excited about what we've been working on. And I've been working on this since we knew that uh, ESPN, the station here that I work for, would be sold and then eventually was sold. And um, we'll be here for the foreseeable future in, in terms of we'll be here to broadcast next week, obviously. And, uh, and, and I'll have more plans to let you know about as we, as we go along. But, uh, yeah, good stuff, and I'm really excited to reveal that to you Monday. So just another reminder, make sure you're tuned in. Have a great weekend. Be well, everybody. Be good. Good to uh, talk with you as always, and uh, we'll do it again on Monday. Take care. Waiting for someone to tell you everything